Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. That's what this show's done to me. We're all fucked. Everybody's fucked. And it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to find somebody who's fucked. And apparently Maggie felt necessary to do a monologue tonight about it. (laughs) So, was this episode... There was a whole lot of this episode feeling like a video game. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a, a D&D campaign. Which also is, I mean, there's a lot of D&D baked into the modern video game format. There's, and I'm, it, there's not necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing that it felt a little bit like a video game. A lot of video games, there are a bunch of video games that were clearly inspired by The Walking Dead. So coming back around and, and it made for some nice visuals and Maggie's her season two monologue felt a lot like the info cutscene that you get in a video game where you get the big dramatic story to not exactly explain Maggie's actions at that moment but to and make you should... feel like they did but she didn't we should digress because people don't know who we are and what we're talking about. Of course, they've come across this podcast, so we suspect they have a little bit of an idea who we are. But in case you are coming in blind on an episode um, that is... Maybe you were just looking for some hot takes. Some Jesus hot Christ, hot do the in- intro, for fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> Uh, welcome, folks, to Zone Apocalypse Now, in which we, this intrepid group of explorers into the <laughs> dark and desolate uh, of the zombie apocalypse world, explore the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and a whole bunch of other dead-themed things. I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. Curtis is in a mood. He is. <laughs> That's all right. We are, uh, again, discussing the new season of The Walking Dead, and we are discussing the second episode in season 11. This is the final season of The Walking Dead, the primary show. We're getting a bunch of spinoffs, and it is, in fact, this is going to be the, this is the longest season. There's 24 episodes in this season. We're on episode two, which is called Acheron Part Two first episode was of course part one and this picks up pretty much where the previous episode left off with Negan not saving Maggie as the zombies close in around her dun 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 there's also a couple of things you need to remember uh uh, Maggie is very pushing pushing very hard to get through the subway and to get to this uh, this group of people that she wants to murder and she's making some very what seem like harsh decisions about it. She, you know, it was raining so she said you have to go underground. They came across a bunch of zombies and she said keep going. She, They saw a place where, like, it's raining and they saw a place where there's a flood level and she was like no, we're going to keep going. And she's led them to the point where they are backed up against a subway car having to climb up onto the subway car because there are zombies, our walkers closing in on that. So we start that episode, this episode where it ends, where Negan doesn't save Maggie from, she's the last one up. Oh, oh, and by the way, she said, she stated that, you know, part of the plan for bringing Negan was to, you know, that he was going to get killed, but, you know, she might not do it. Depends on how useful he turns out to be. And so he doesn't save her. He just leaves her. Pretty much. And, and that's, that's and a, that brings us up to present, right? Well, this is a story present where it turns out that Maggie like somehow gets underneath the the train because of course they're not going to kill freaking Maggie. She just came back. I'm going to kill her in episode two. 
so they she gets underneath the train and somehow gets up back into the car and is able to tell everybody that Negan tried to kill her. And Negan spins it once again. Yeah. What does Negan... So Negan doesn't exactly spin it. He just tells them what happened. And I think one of the things I both like about this episode and dislike about this episode is that, just like in the previous episode, Negan is the the voice of reason. Yeah. Which is not necessarily where you want to be in your life, where Negan is the voice of reason. That's where sociopaths make friends. Um, that said, he's right. One, like, yeah, 100% right. And it's Maggie is acting like a crazy person. Right. Why should anybody care if he's right or not? He beat Glenn to death with a with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Well, that's kind of one of those. You don't get to live after doing that in front of people. Well, you don't. Here's the problem. And Dustin and I talked about this way back when. When it happened. When, if you had told this story from Negan's point of view from the beginning, as opposed to Rick's, Rick's people are the bad guys in Negan's story. Well, of course, because he's a sociopath and he doesn't understand right from wrong. Well, no, uh, no. no. <laughs> not even that. Not even in that situation. What do the saviors do? What is their primary function? Take half your out, shit. They go out. They find you. They bring you into safety. Yeah, they take half your stuff, but they find you a fucking job and they put you to work and you are now part of this community. So if you look at the way the saviors operate or operated and the way Negan was running it, from their point of view, this is, you know, we're stripped down society to the bare bare minimum, and we're going to get through this thing together, and as we find people, we're going to save them. If they don't want to be saved, well, that's on them. And then here comes this group who comes in and massacres one of your satellite stations. From your point of view, pretty much for no reason. Yeah. You don't know who they are. You don't know who did it. And the next thing you know, uh, they keep killing all your people, like, you know, showing up and messing things up. Yeah, you're going to, you know, try and you're going to take action against them. On top of the fact that what we have seen. No. And by the way, this is not the Negan apology tour. Right. Negan, Negan is. It's a fucking TED talk. Well, sorry. <laughs> but. The thing about Negan is that you don't have to like him to recognize when he's right. And he's just because he's a bad person, because I don't think Judith might think Negan's the bomb, um, but it doesn't make Negan a nice guy. But also you have to, I think you have to kind of put this in the context of, of, of war and warring civilizations you know, or even in the, you know, like if you wanted to even go as far as to look at South Africa, South Africa was, was under apartheid for, for, you know, 200 years. And finally, finally, they were able to, to, to dismantle that system and get rid of some of the really bad actors. But, you know, and they could have sent hundreds of people to prison for that. But they chose to forgive and try and move on from that situation. And I think that, you know, Negan has in the last couple of seasons proven himself to be enough of an asset that just because Maggie has popped back in, it shouldn't change the work that he's done to try and redeem himself. I cannot believe that I am standing here defending Negan. But but there's also the thing is that you kind of don't, you still don't have to defend Negan. Because he is a monster. Mm-hmm. And despite he fact, happens to be useful right now because he knows wherever the hell they're going. Well, he's the thing is, is, is he's been their useful monster for a while. And that's the thing about monsters is that in a situation like they're in, sometimes having a monster on your side is a good thing. And to some degree, 
the argument we haven't actually heard Negan say to Maggie and he needs to at some point or they should because you're right Dustin it is what what has he got to say well the argument is um I was running this group of people and you and I were in conflict yes if I had known that should I have killed him no of course not because it's murdering another human being and that's a bad thing but we've all done it We've all we've all been that person. Yeah, I mean, this world we've all got blood on our hands. We have got to we have got to move on, and we have to move on and try and start over. I have a vested interest in seeing that man die horribly. Well, and that's fine. Want, wishing Negan dead? There's nothing wrong with that. Negan's a bad guy. I know. As long as people wish him dead and can feel something about him, they're going to keep him on the show. And I think he that's what he doesn't die in the comics. That's the thing that's the, like in the comics. He just like they don't even show him. But Robert Kirkman went out of his way to be like, Negan's okay. Negan's well, good. In, in the last issue, Carl, who survives, spoiler alert for the comics, basically they, he says that he still sees Negan from time to time. So, I mean, it's. I saw the episode where Coral dies uh, uh, the other yesterday or day before yesterday. I hadn't seen that season as well, you know, but I've been trying to catch up a little bit. And I saw that episode. And I think that at one point, Dustin told me that Negan killed Carl. And uh, uh, that wasn't true. I found out it was not. I, I don't believe that I did tell you that. You may not have, but in my in my imaginative brain, that's how you like to fuck with me in my imagination, I think. Oh. <laughs> imagination, Dustin, was like, oh, yeah. how can I mess with you're, you're, you're the kind of You're the kind of guy who'll tell me that Wonder Woman 1984 was one of the best superhero music movies ever made. It was a beautiful music, music movie musical. I I loved all the songs. (laughs) Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. You guys, anyway, there's 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 conflict because everybody wants to know why they shouldn't kill Negan for letting letting Maggie uh, almost get eaten. She didn't almost get eaten. It was fine. (laughs) And then, uh, well, and Negan's response is is perfectly. I mean, he he's right. It's like. It's true. She was just talking about killing me, so so I didn't help her out. I didn't like murder her. I just chose not to help her because why would I do that? Right. (laughs) And it it makes sense. It does. It's fine. There's nobody for the story. Nobody appreciates his response. (laughs) And uh, and Maggie doesn't come in going. Did you guys not hear me shooting a gun outside? (laughs) Well, I'd also like to, to to sit there and put a little pin in the fact that uh, she comes up from underneath the train, yes. underneath the subway car. So um, remember that for later in the episode when they're looking for a way out <laughs> and they forget, apparently, that there is an underside and it has a lot less dead people than the... And- cars themselves which are surrounded by walkers daryl got along just fine apparently so uh yeah let's all do something different and uh, uh okay yeah this is what we do for you guys we 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 pull this show to pieces so that you can't enjoy it because <laughs> we there- like because because that's what makes us happy yeah there were- i'd like to know that you didn't that you didn't like it I eat your tears with a knife and fork. There are people Mm, who used to tell me that they would have no interest whatsoever in watching The Walking Dead. And yet they would like our reviews because they they can see just how ridiculous the show is because we've told them about all the things the show does wrong. You know, that being said, I enjoyed this episode. Overall, I did as well. Yeah. And and that's always... uh, um, uh, off-putting to me i don't trust it when i enjoy it because i know they're yeah. gonna fuck it up so i have a theory about why we've liked and, and dustin uh just liked it or didn't like it or just general overall feeling all right so i have, I have a feeling i have a personal theory why these first two episodes of this season are working for me 
Um, and that is they're leaning into the horror. Mm. And I think that that's where this show, given the opportunity to make it a zombie horror show, um, it tends to make it a lot more fun to watch than, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, season two hanging around farms. Right. Um, and or- I haven't. I haven't been hating it. Like I feel like I feel like there are better things we could be doing with our time. But you know, I don't need hate to macrame. It's um but okay, what happens? Okay, we we talked about Negan, then we go to who Daryl's next. Yeah, well, let's do it. Let's just do all of Negan and Maggie, and then we'll do all of Daryl, and then we'll do all of uh, Eugene and his group. Okay, that's the okay. easiest way to do it. Okay. So, so they're walking down the cars, and they come up against uh, a door. All the doors are kind of rusted shut, so they have to fight their way through the doors. And they come across one of the kid, the the kid who ran away last episode, Wyatt is at one of the doors and he's like there are we got all turned around in the tunnels i don't know where spanky the old man is but you know we're you know there's zombies on their way let me in and so they go and look of course the door is is rusted shut or whatever and so they can't get in and then all these walkers start coming in and let's face it it's like seven walkers and like I this this whole like oh we can't handle it the, uh, well uh, I have thoughts I have thoughts do you have um, thoughts Justin so so Maggie is like no we're not going to open the door kid you get to just stand there and die and all of her people are like yeah that makes sense but then uh, what's his name Aiden Aiden is like no we got we can get him in we can get the door open and get this kid in here and but there's even Gabriel stops him. Negan tries to let him in at first, but then, you know, stops. And so then the kid, of course, is eaten by walkers. He's Country. not thrilled about it, by the way. No, he's not excited about it. <laughs> and, uh, and I was a little, then, a little disturbed that he gave the mom and dad are fighting speech where it's like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. The battered spouse speech. I mean, he yeah. literally uses the words that we we come to get from you know, like a, a children, a child being hit by a parent. I'll or, do better next time, right? He's just and, and it's so you know, it's it's bad. It's it's not. It's a hot mess, mm-hmm. and uh, Aiden is not happy with any of his people. And like, even like, you can tell that Gabriel's like not into it, but like what you gonna do like here we are you know um and then they try and get the other door at the other end of the train open uh and they can't do that either and uh and so then the walkers start kind of breaking through uh i had a problem with um it's one thing if you got like a wooden door frame but this is a metal door with metal hinges Mm-hmm. And there are things that I don't understand about the DC underground transit system. To use oh. to use to paraphrase what uh, uh, that mullet guy might say, right? Um, because are those doors electrically controlled using the door closers at the top, which they conveniently did a shot of? Um, because what once it's open, why won't the hinges move? Is it the hinges or the door closer? I don't know. I've never ridden that system. Well, I think that's what they said. Why they said, "Oh, they're rusted shut." No, I, I have ridden the DC subway system. Me too. And I don't remember uh, enough about the in, how the doors actual actually latch and seal. But what I did have a problem with is that this is like a physics math problem now in my head that won't go away. Is, oh okay, God! So let's force. And and the door frame and where the pressure is being pushed, and I'm like, I don't think the zombies actually could have broken through the door. 
No, they couldn't have because there were metal doors. Also, also, if they had broken, if they had opened the door and let the kid through, legitimately, they could have had one person stand on one side and another person stand on the other side with with each with a knife. And as the walker walks through, because there's not a lot of room on those subway doors, pop. Next one, it falls. Next one, pop. Mm-hmm. Then it falls. Right. Even have people like come in and like grab the bodies out of the way. If we think that's a way out, uh, potentially, it was all bad takes. It was all bad takes. I yeah. wonder if there's a guy or a lady on set whose sole job is to is arrow continuity person. Yes, because Daryl's Daryl only ever has two arrows. Yes, in his there's, a, quiver. there's there's a production there's a production designer art director sitting over there going right we're doing that take again okay how many arrows were sticking out of the back of Darrow's quiver before the okay it's got to be exactly those arrows larry where's the sixth arrow damn it larry do you remember do you remember in uh um in a previous uh uh, previous season when Rick goes to the trash people and there's all the zombies there because the trash people got murdered by the, that dick hole from the, uh, from the saviors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he, he shoot, he has a revolver that carries six bullets and he shot nine times without reloading anything. He didn't have time to do it in the edit. It just didn't have, there was nine shots. I counted because I'm that dickhole. I do that. And it's, it happens all the time in this show. And, and I don't know if I should be mad because I care or they don't. Uh, well, you know, getting, getting upset about the number of bullets in TVs and movies. Um, that's been a that's been a lie for a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's just so overt sometimes because oh, literally, yeah. Daryl, I only ever see two arrows in his little quiver, and he always shoots right. at least six zombies. Well, at least Maggie ran out of arrows. Uh, yeah, that that was a nice moment where she actually doesn't have any. But they don't make any attempt, as far as I can tell, to retrieve any of their arrows no. from the body no no it's like it's like in uh in skyrim you just kind of walk over the body and maybe you get it back right they didn't like i said they did not approach this smartly at all and so so of course they are all about to be eaten and daryl comes and saves the day and they are able to escape in a lovely lovely side-scrolling yeah, that was cool. That was a great shot. Yeah, it because Daryl Daryl's been on a side quest this whole time. I love that everybody in this show is fucking John Wick now. It's great. Yeah, Daryl has that that side scrolling fucking John Wick moment where he's just mowing them down one one shot, one kill, and next, you know. <laughs> but it also really kind of throws into sharp relief the fact that we should have seen something like that with our also very capable killing machines. Maggie, Negan, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, Adrian, all those dudes. That dude that they keep in the background with the modified hockey mask on. Yeah. Where is our, where, where was that scene with these people earlier when it would have, I mean, it's it's a very cool scene. Daryl's a badass in it. I have no complaints about how cool that scene looked. But it makes the earlier scene make le- make even less sense. Uh, next week, they're going to be, uh, Daryl's going to get a new apartment. And he's going to get, he's going to find that his walk-in closet has a whole bunch of zombies. And they're going to have to deal with that. It's always just, hey, what new situation can we get <laughs> It's the same fucking fight over and over again, only it's in a different place. Right. Yeah. It's a zombie show. I know. I hate zombies. You know, (laughs) I was thinking about this today because because you guys were like, are we gonna watch? And I was like, I haven't watched the show. And and uh so I I might need to watch it. And then I was thinking, like, I don't I do not watch this show for pleasure anymore. I feel like I must I feel like this is a I'm having a realization that Robert Kirkman probably had like I spent maybe too long making zombies a part of my personality 
and now I'm just like, uh, maybe not anymore or for a little while. You and- guys, if we decided tomorrow that we were only going to review Poirot episodes, I would be super down. Hercule Poirot is the shit. I love that instead would, of all of oh this. Oh my gosh. What was it that Katie said that we should watch? Katie, my, Katie said we should watch something. I can't remember what it was. But oh my gosh, like we could watch Call the Midwife together. Oh, the Middlewife. Yes. No, Call the Midwife. Yes, Call the Middlewife. It's so good. <laughs> go back in time and watch The Middleman, the show that was, on, that was horribly canceled after only one season. And it could have been. We could call ourselves Middle Apocalypse now. <laughs> oh, should we do that, you guys? Should we just stop with the zombies for a little while? You do Malcolm in the Middle, the Middleman. Uh, I don't know all the all the things with Middle in it. We could have normal lives. Yeah, we don't no, know. Let's what keep would doing that this. even look like? <laughs> no, we. I feel like we're experts in this field. So we should continue to to uh, give the world our voice. I believe we have made it very clear more than once that we do this because deep down inside, we hate ourselves a lot and we like inflicting pain upon ourselves. Deep down inside, we're under duress. Please send help. <laughs> yeah. We haven't decided how we feel about you lot because we you don't ever fucking talk to us. So how? Maybe- dare you how very very dare you anyway so so that's how that daryl goes on his own little side quest and he like follows the dog through a like mural like some kids were living in the sewer with their parents and then the dad like went away to go get some supplies and never came back and so then the mom went away and never came back and we learn all this through like through like a mural that he finds and then a note scrawled on a dollar bill uh that's the kid the oldest kid i guess is like all right dad you've been gone for a long time and mom left and she never came back so i'm taking i'm taking uh timmy and we're going to you know we're gonna go to this place see if you can find us do you think the mural was done by um was done by the same artist that did the comics no, no, it was not because uh, uh, number number first first uh, <laughs> it didn't look anything like that guy's art. The guy, the second guy, because the, the number one, the first guy, like he is not gonna want to do that because he thinks that Robert Kirkman stole this property from him. Fair enough. Anyway. Uh, so, so then he like finds this, finds the old man who ran away with the little kid. He's like, I lost what? And then they, uh, they go into the subway car and they kill a bunch of zombies and let the other guys out and they come out into the sun, sunshine. Well, they also, he also blows up some zombies, which we don't get a lot of exploding zombies on this show. And it's always nice when we get exploding zombies. Now I saw the uh, the one where they uh, they put the she made the zombies walk into the metal shredder. That was yeah. the same episode, and I just thought that was glorious. I was, and this was the same experience for me because it was just like, yay, atomized zombie flesh everywhere. This is how you paint a room, folks. Take a lesson from Mister Bean. It's zombie slurry, and zombie slurry is always fun. Mm-hmm. Now we did leave out a couple of little details. One is that when they are, when the the second group of zombies are closing in from the back end of the train or the other end of the train, um, Maggie gives Negan a gun, and he just takes it and then goes and, and said, "There's there's there's a little bit of an exchange of expressions between the two of them." But he just goes and starts defending people, you know, defend, you know shooting the, the zombies through the door that's blocked. When they get out of the subway, he gives the gun back to her. And that's where we get that sort of long, he holds on, he gives the gun back to her uh, butt first. And she takes it and he doesn't let go. And they do that whole meaningful exchange 
of deep looks into the other person's eyes. Right. Uh, and we also kind of skipped over her whole like super disturbing story. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So again, we come back to the nightmare fuel horror aspect of the show and how it really helps. She tells this story of, of uh, being there. That's, that's not the. That's not the worst possible way to die. Let yeah. me tell you a story about the worst possible way to die and how I'm fine with it. That was Dustin. You want to give it a crack? Okay. So um, after she lost the lesbians, but before she found her new home, uh, Maggie was walking through the war, the forest with her son uh, and she came across a kindly old man. And the kindly old man was like, oh, come with me back to my little placey place because I've got some food and you'll be super safe. And Maggie instantly knew that he was lying. So she killed him. Having seen The Walking Dead before, Maggie is aware. Yes, <laughs> Maggie is aware. There's no such thing as a nice person. Uh, and so she kills him and uh, then goes back to the place where he says he's from and finds a house. And then she goes, proceeds to murder all of his friends and then go upstairs to discover uh, that these men had mutilated women and, uh, and created basically like... A breeding farm. Yeah, it was like, let's go up to the sex potato lounge and yeah. make a baby. Yeah, or, or whatever. Who knows what, what all that was all about. Uh, luckily, we don't see it in flashback because I don't know if I would have wanted to. All and, of the trauma that those that was described that those women experienced would have been fatal, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I think that's kind of the, the problem with the Walking Dead universe is that death isn't the end. And there are... We've already met characters in this show who have uses for zombies uh, oh yeah 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 and it's a really disturbing story and it's very very uh nightmare fuel get in she, she puts it she puts a stop to all that shit yeah yeah she murders everybody but then she like the thing that you know she points out is that when she saw these women and saw their abuse she didn't think, oh, no, how horrible that this happened. She thinks, oh, there's obviously food here. And so after she puts the women out of their misery, she uh, goes and finds the food and moves on and finds Meridian. And, and she, sa- she says, I don't feel anything when I tell that story. Because the world out there is so horrible. And, you know, it's, you know, so whatever. It's uh, It's so rare to find a community like ours and then negan chimes in at the end with the denouement point which i can't remember what it was. maybe we just got lucky yeah and i think that that again kind of plays into the whole i'm not really sure what they're doing here with maggie and negan feeling that i'm get getting as much as they're cock teasing us they're fucking breadcrumbing us like um like crazy on this because we want to see her do something to him and they're never going to give us that the thing is is that i don't know that i i i saw what i wanted to see like two years ago when he was in the cell yeah and she said i'm going to kill you and he said then do it and he gave he, he basically begged her to kill him and she said no because that's not who i am and i'm like not only that but you know when she saw like how broken and how completely beaten down he was from where he had been she was like this is better for me than you being dead anyway she already won short-sighted thinking no well here's here's the problem it's that and this is this is what bugs me is that I don't want Maggie to be heartless and bitter and more like Rick. Oh, if Maggie started dating someone, you would not like that person. 
All We'd right. be because we're all like proud parents of little Maggie. We want to see we want to see her happy. But Glenn was the guy that we liked, and he's gone. So she has to find a way to be happy without a guy. I am more than happy for Maggie to get into another relationship and find happiness. Not with Negan, by the way. Do not give us the the this is how they they end up together. Don't that's a bad ending. Yes. Um, but the I'm, I'm perfectly fine with her finding somebody else. Glenn is Glenn is a great character. Glenn was a fantastic and an important part of the show. And there's no question that the death of Glenn actually hurt the show mm-hmm. because people stopped watching after that scene, even though it was a comics accurate scene. Yeah, I and did too for two years, I think. But I didn't, you know, you know, I, I, I perf- I'm perfectly fine with Maggie finding a new life and, and new love and all of those things. Well, there was a lot of very strong possibility that she was going to get with Aiden back before. Right. Be- before she got that other show. But the. I, I don't this is where I don't want this is the life I don't want Maggie to have. I don't want her to be the character who is so in full of rage and 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 anger and pain that she isn't Herschel's daughter anymore. And I think that that's really where I, having having Negan have something of a redemption arc makes a lot more sense to me and is more satisfying to me than watching Maggie become more like Negan. And that's okay. that's where that's where she is right now. I mean, she's she is she's making that you know the cruel algebra, right? The it's that those math decisions where you know I can't open the door to save you because I put all these other people at risk. Okay, well, you know, it's I, I I'd rather I'd rather her not be on this path. Well, anyway. That monologue was really frightening, and I enjoyed it. But her accent was slipping. She was leaning. She 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 leaned in here and there, and then she backed off because she said door and then door. Well, she comes from a land down under, and you know. So do the accent right then. (laughs) Anyway, so (laughs) then we move on to our. B plot, if we consider Daryl C, uh, which is uh, Eugene having an emotional crisis. We uh, covered Daryl. We covered Daryl in a. I know plot. that's what I'm saying. Okay, good. Okay, sorry. So, so Maggie and and uh, uh, Negan were A, and then this we're about to talk about was B, and then Daryl was down here a little bit tiny C. But we already talked about Daryl because it was easy. Yep. So now we have to talk about Eugene uh, having an emotional problem, and it starts all. It all starts with Yumiko uh, asking to see the manager. It was just <laughs> fantastic. Uh, <laughs> what do you do with that? She went full Karen and and was the hero. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, so she, they, last week they discovered her brother's photograph. And so she is under the impression her brother is somewhere in the community. And so she wants to find him. And so she tells, she says, I want to speak to whoever is in charge. And they bring her back to those same two people. And she's like, you're not in charge. And then her monologue about like, I know, I know you're just trying to find, you know, ways to make yourselves uh useful in the society that is doesn't need people like you anymore uh was really really good Mm -hmm. yeah and and so she like disappears in this room to have this conversation with these people and so it leaves eugene who is very restless and was very scared about what's going on and princess and so princess is like damn i've got to go to the bathroom and so she goes up to one of the guards and starts speaking Spanish to him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he speaks Spanish to her. 
And it's like, how did she know? How did she know that he, this guy, this guy spoke Spanish? And I just loved that. And so then uh, she goes, like, he's like, sends her to the bathroom. And so she goes and never comes back. And so then Eugene is left there, like, freaking out about where his friends are. And, and so he goes up to the thing and, and, and the guard's like, you don't have any friends. There wasn't anybody in here. He's like, yes, there was. And so they bring him into the little roomy poo. He makes a shiv first. Don't forget he makes a shiv. Yes. And they're like, what do you have to tell us? Tell us the truth. And he, for a second, it looks like he's going to, like, go go back and tell the real truth. But then he he doesn't. He, He sticks to the story. And that tells, gets them. He tells, so he tells a different kind of truth. There's a whole lot of him not actively lying as much as he is leaving things out. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a few actual lies in there, but a lot of what he's saying is in fact true. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. There's a whole lot of lying by omission. Was there a Stephanie he was talking to on the radio? Yes. Okay, I think I actually yeah, remember that. So Eugene tells his story. And they put a hood on him and they drag him away. And then he's reunited with his friends. And they're like, they were really nice to us. They gave us cookies. And he's like, that's amazing and wonderful. And what's going on? Do you still have a cookie? Because (laughs) I would very much like one. I have been very upset. But there are no (laughs) cookies for Eugene. Well, there's an emotional cookie in that. The big scary guard guy comes in as well. Like, if anybody, if anybody listened, we could totally make make merch for our listeners. If we ever had any that was a shirt that had Eugene on it and it said "No Cookies for Eugene," because <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> so the big scary guy comes in and he's like, "Welcome, come on in." Uh, and you know he reads the whole spiel about you know these are the rules welcome to the commonwealth and he snarks uh all over them really uh does a lovely little uh snark bit um with ezekiel uh, and i went to west point asshole (laughs) ezekiel (laughs) accuses him of being a beat cop uh before the the fall of civilization he's like you will be escorted. You will be escorted to the orientation place by a beat cop. <laughs> <laughs> Went to West Point. It was a, it was a nice little bit. And then the door opens, and in walks this sexy librarian. And this is uh... I did I did before you said anything when she walked in the door. I was like, Eugene does not deserve that. There is nothing on God's green earth that makes that like, like, yes, it's a zombie apocalypse, but even she should have standards. Like, were you expecting someone a little more? Well, I think that it would have been fine if the girl who walked in was not like, like Tim Harvey just said, you know, a beautiful little cutesy librarian. If it had been a little bit, of, it would make have made a lot more sense to me if it had been like a. You I know, pointed maybe a I, girl with glasses and frizzy hair. I pointed at the screen and I went, "There's your spy." <laughs> well, so here's a couple of things. First of all, uh, that is not the actress who has been playing Stephanie on the radio to this point. That is an actress named Shell Ramos, who is listed as part of the cast of The Walking Dead in this season, although we have not heard her voice this season so um there's a very good chance this is not stephanie because this is not the actress who has been playing stephanie who is apparently part of the cast of the show so um make of that what you will you weirdos (laughs) Uh, we will we'll spend an hour talking about it so (laughs) and, and stephanie is both both that actress and the character from the comics Stephanie's also a character in the comics is a black character as well. So give you know doesn't necessarily mean anything you know uh, in terms of adapting a show to television, different mediums. But um, yeah, it's I mean you know hey bring it bring it. I'm all in favor of more sexy librarians, but 
Uh, it's a little too much. You're more you're in favor of sex with librarians, but <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mean to say it, but it was real funny. It was. Uh, there you go. But yeah, so there's a there's a real question in my mind whether or not this is actually Stephanie. Probably not. It's a little too convenient. She's just a little too much everything that Eugene would want. I don't know. I mean, he was in love with Rosita. He's, I don't think he's got a, a, a type. <laughs> he's probably like, I can't believe I'm about to ejaculate my penis into that woman's vagina. And he's even more nervous because of that. I'm, I think I've got a ball sweat that might be unattractive to her. You didn't add six or seven unuseless words to that. That sentence, you're not being a very good. He's Eugene. super. He's hard to do. I love little little Eugene, um, but you know he's hard. There's to... too much. It's too much, Curtis. I'd just like to say that I, I remember when this was a thing that we said a thing about saying <laughs> things, and now that we are talking about things that Eugene would say, it is this that I think that he would be more likely to say than what you are saying. She was not repulsed by my vocal. What was it? What did he say about Stephanie? It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I like Eugene's stuff. He's he's got. He's well. I like him more now. Oh God, yes. When Eugene first came on the show, the actual oh, we all hated visceral dislike, possibly hatred that we had for the character uh, was a palpable thing that you could actually see. You could <laughs> it, it hovered in the air over my right shoulder and over Dustin's left shoulder, and it would occasionally change color, and you could notice it. It was incredible. Um, and then eventually, we came to actually like Eugene um, more. Or but less. it took it took years. And it's not Josh McDermott's fault. He does he does he's a fine actor. Uh, he's just done a really good job of making a character who is was intentionally hard to like. Eugene was useful. And yeah, that made it. Oh, boobs. <laughs> it took you that long, huh? <laughs> it's been a, it's been a I've been watching somebody make a, like, restore a lock. There you go. Oh. So. so, yeah, that's that's this episode. Oh, wait, nope, nope, sorry. We cannot, we cannot ignore the ending of the episode because Maggie says, okay, we're going to take another side quest. And everyone's like, wait a minute. This has all gone so well under your leadership, Maggie. Let us, oh, no, we're, none of us are going to do that. Okay, fine. What, where are we going now, Maggie? And she goes, we've got to go over here because I did not tell any of you about this other place with food and weapons that I know about, but apparently I did not see fit to share that information with any of you. But it's over yeah. here. And, and Negan, now that, you know, you might be a little useful to me. You know where that is, right? He's like, yeah, I know where it is. And so they head off. However, the corpses hanging from the streetlights and the trees indicate it might not be as nice a neighborhood. I was like, oh, does Khaleesi live here? (laughs) Negan's like, place sure has gone to shit since the last time I was here. And then suddenly they are ambushed by is it guar is it the yeah it's the slipknot it's slipknot Slip. i mean <laughs> i mean insane clown posse uh i, mean, I think they're dark here it's hockey mask guy's family yeah it's a bunch a whole bunch of people big people apparently all dressed up in in scary masks they're going uh, to do a purge together and it was, uh, abs- it was so purge and that's where the episode ends, with our heroes uh, being threatened by uh, a different franchise. Well, one dude loses, he, he gets killed. Is he, I don't know, he... The old like, guy, Daryl ran up on the old guy, remember? And yeah. he was all beat up. I like, it looked like he had been beaten up. Like, I, yeah. I, didn't, I don't, I didn't understand how he got hurt. Yeah, I, it doesn't, it, it was made unclear, because if he had been bitten by walkers it would have been like oops so sorry spanky mm. <laughs> they wouldn't well, be taking him 
the, the, the other big mystery of the episode uh, is... Uh, Who is Harry Crumb? Is that it? Did I guess? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> got it. There's Aww. a deep cut. Um, is, I don't know. That just like popped into my brain on like, here's what we're doing. So the, pre- <laughs> the previous episode for our uh, Eugene and Company ended with, with them realizing they're going to go back into their cells because they're going to try and find uh, Yumiko's brother, right? It then, picked, it then is revealed that they managed to do that, but the guards who they knocked out to take their, clo- their uniforms don't know who did it to them. So not only do we not, did we not get the scene last episode where they knock out the guards and take their uniforms, we don't see how they snuck back in and did it in reverse. <laughs> Could you imagine you sneak off for a little afternoon delight with your secret honey bunny and you're starting to get all hot and heavy and all of a sudden you're both knocked unconscious and then you you wake up and nothing has changed. I mean, what the hell? It's like the no, except I, you're wearing his you're wearing his underwear and he's wearing your underwear. And you is, don't know how that happened. This is the deleted scenes I want to see. I want to see them putting the uniforms back on them and going, wait, is this the right one? Oh, no, wait, hang on. <laughs> Don't understand how this happened. It's one of those things where the writers sat there and went, just don't, don't even, don't even write the scene. <laughs> just say it happens. Move on. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I, overall, I liked the episode. It's got some problems. It's very much a video game. All right, folks. Well, if you did enjoy listening to us flail around, don't don't tell us you enjoyed it. Don't do that. There you go. We Sean. wouldn't want to put you out. <laughs> uh, but oh, you can, if you feel so inclined, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We have been known to actually update our Facebook and Twitter account. We got to do that again because we have folks who are listening to the show. We do appreciate the fact that you are listening to the show, uh, and. We'd love for you to share the show. Hey, guys, if you could, uh, I know every podcast on the planet actually says it, and we're going to be part of that mob as well. But if you do give us a rating, uh, you do give us comments, that does actually help folks find the show. Obviously, giving a five-star rating is fantastic. Um, And if you don't, let us know why not. That'd be great. Uh, We would love to have feedback from you guys. We hope that you're enjoying it. We do, with all our bitching and moaning, we do enjoy this. This is a thing that we have fun doing. And uh, we hope that you do as well. All right. We'll do this again uh, for the episode where I guess everybody dies based on the on the end of this, this episode. So we'll have to see how that goes. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, thanks for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.